31. Just listen. Monday, October 5. 37 days until the conference. 487 registrations. The guinea pigs were wearing sailors' outfits, and there were many of them. As far as he could see, Victor was about to address the angry mob of rodents when he heard Martine's voice from a faraway distance. Victor? He felt a hand on his shoulder and realized he was dreaming. The relief this caused disappeared as soon as he remembered the reason for being in his office. His head was on the keyboard. The keys pressing into his cheek. With difficulty, he got himself up. His back appeared to be stuck in the position he had been sleeping in. His head felt heavy, as though he was hung over, and he could only just manage to open his eyes. Are you okay? she asked, sounding far too awake. He didn't answer, but looked at his screen instead. It took him a while to focus his eyes enough to be able to see what his last tweet had been. ERTAVXF R RGR YV4GSDFHJ The activists hadn't held back either. Among the stream of tweets, a picture popped up recurrently of Pookie, inside a prohibitory traffic sign captioned, Stop, Rodentia. Victor's head began to pound. He opened his mouth to explain what had happened, but Martine beat him to it. I saw it on Facebook this morning. What a bunch of idiots! She looked at Victor tentatively. The others are on their way already. I'll tell Casper I found you. He's been trying to reach you for the last two hours. The screen of his phone did indeed boast a rather high number of missed calls. Martine was still standing next to him. And appeared particularly uncomfortable. He smoothed back his hair and straightened his shirt. The smile he attempted to produce became a strange sort of smirk. Would you be able to get me a cup of coffee, please? Of course, she nodded and disappeared. He turned around and looked at the real Pookie, still sound asleep, looked back at the screen with the traffic sign, and felt the anger rise up his entire aching body. What time was it? Three minutes past eight. He called the Pet Foodies PR agency and got through to a receptionist, who explained to him that the account manager he needed to talk to wasn't going to be in the office until 10 a.m. The arrogance, he thought. Victor told her who he was, why he was phoning, and that he would very much appreciate the gentleman's mobile phone number. The receptionist politely refused. When he explained it was very important, because Super Nar was a happy guinea pig named Pookie and enjoyed eating pet foodies' nibble sticks, and they mustn't think he would leave it at this, he saw Martine looking at him from the doorway, holding his cup of coffee in her hand. He realized how silly he sounded, promised the receptionist he would call back later, and hung up the phone. Martine put the coffee down in front of him. I know there's a lot to do, Victor, but you don't look too well. On the screen, another traffic sign appeared. He took a swig of coffee, burned his tongue, and swore. He ticked the screen with his index finger. I cannot simply allow this, can I? Victor, said Martine, in an almost motherly tone of voice.
I think it might be better if you went home for a bit. Take a shower, have a few hours of sleep, clear your mind a little. We can pick this up, that's what we're here for. But pet foodies, the conference center, the international chairman, he couldn't just leave them to deal with all of that alone. We'll get to work on it, I'm sure it'll be fine. You go home for a bit, even if it's only an hour. Take a power nap, freshen up, it'll do you good. He eyed her, questioningly. They had lost faith in him, that was it. They couldn't blame them. His phone flashed silently, an incoming call from Denise. He stared at it. Martine picked up and reassured his wife. Yes, he was at the office, and yes, he would be home shortly. In the meantime, Victor typed up two Twitter messages, which he deleted again. He couldn't get the right tone, and he was suddenly dog-tired. He stared at the screen. A long, high-pitched tone rang inside his head. Martine helped him put his coat on. I'll be back before lunch, he said. But he wasn't sure if he believed it himself. At that moment, he heard Pookie weak. He walked back, picked up the cage, and held it up in front of his face. You're coming home with me, he said, and you'll get some celery and broccoli. Pookie purred, as he always did when he was enjoying himself. No one can claim Victor Van Wheelie doesn't take good care of his animals. He turned around and walked outside, so Martine couldn't see the tears starting to well up in the corners of his eyes. The bench he sat on to wait for the taxi was still wet from the night's downpour, but an early autumn sun shone on his face. The cage with Pookie in it was on his lap. He gently spoke to the little animal, who was scuttling about calmly. When he heard a car coming, he looked up. It wasn't a taxi, however, but a little green car with black letters on it saying Instinct. The magazine and, as of this week, the online TV channel. The most serious international medium in the professional animal world. A cameraman got out of the car, followed by a journalist with her microphone ready. He quickly looked the other way. He couldn't think of anything worse than to have to say something on camera now. He was tired, angry, and his head was pounding as though someone had taken a sledgehammer to it. When the journalist passed by him, she stopped. Victor Van Wheelie? He felt his stomach contract and considered not responding, pretending he was some confused guy who just happened to be sitting there. Director of the National Society for Rodent Professionals? Slowly, he nodded. For the time being, he muttered. To calm himself down, he looked at Pookie. May we ask you a few questions? It's for instinct. So I see. He nodded at the microphone with the outrageously bright green pop filter. Good. Perhaps you'd like to stand up. We can walk over to that tree there for a nice backdrop. Stiffly, he got up, carrying Pookie's cage in his arms. The journalist stood facing him. From underneath the cage, he shook her hand before they walked over to the chosen spot. A nice backdrop. That was the least of his worries. He tried to focus on what had happened last night. What the clever things to say were at this point. Should he attack? 
or choose to defend. Come up with arguments or judge the stupidity of the action. He had so much to say, but everything was muddled inside his head. The same little sentence kept popping up above it all. You have failed. The journalist addressed a brief introduction to the camera and then turned to Victor. Mr. Van Wheelie, what is your response to animal revolution holding your organization responsible for animal cruelty? She shoved the microphone under his nose. He was shocked by the directness of the question. It sounded like an accusation, as though this serious medium was joining in on the blaming game. Madam, he paused to think, but nothing came to mind. He looked at the cage. Birds were chirping in the trees. They were better at communicating than he was. This is Pookie, he began. Mm-hmm, the journalist encouraged him, nodding and smiling. He continued, He is also known as Super Nar. He has thousands of followers on Instagram, and his video has been viewed tens of thousands of times by professionals, by animal lovers, by five-year-old girls who really want a guinea pig but aren't allowed to have one by their parents. He swallowed. Pookie makes people all over the world happy. I've had him for seven years, and he's been very well taken care of that entire time. That sounded pretty good, he thought. But he suffered from those pictures and films, says Animal Revolution. His heart rate quickened. Those animal activists have a disturbed view of reality, he said as calmly as he could. Pookie enjoyed that guinea pig circuit very much, and he loves every photo shoot. How do you know? He felt the blood rising to his head. Look at him, he said with contained agitation. He held the cage out in front of him. Does this look like an unhappy animal? You tell me. She held the microphone under his nose again. He nodded at the cage. Have a listen. Pookie was purring contentedly. The journalists eyed Victor skeptically. Animal revolution, says, he interrupted her. They can shout all sorts of things. But listen. He put his face close to the cage and purred along with Pookie. Pru, pru, pru. This is the sound a guinea pig makes when he's happy. Pru, pru, pru. He looked at the journalist. This is Holland's most spoiled guinea pig. I love Pookie. I love all rodents, regardless of whether they're guinea pigs or degus or rats, as does everyone who is a member of Natso Row Pro. The journalist poked the microphone back under his nose again. Her look was deadly serious. But in November, you're organizing a conference for people who use lab rats as test animals and where people debate the most efficient ways of killing mice. With the last bit of control he had left in his tired body, he answered, If you had looked at the program properly, you would know that at the conference we are presenting animal-friendly methods of elimination. Because when there is a plague, it needs to be controlled. Animal testing, we're no fan of it either, but where it happens, we try to make sure the animals get the most humane treatment possible. We don't shy away from the less popular topics, 
we strive to do something about them. And then she crossed the line. There are rumors your conference might be canceled because your members no longer support it. The main sponsor is even said to be pulling out. All of the aches and the exhaustion were pushed into the background by the shot of adrenaline now rushing through his body. Shaking with indignation, he put the cage down on the ground. He raised himself up, looking the journalist straight in the eye. This threw her off balance to such an extent that he was able to take the microphone from her. He wiped his sweaty forehead with a crumpled handkerchief and turned to the camera. I am Victor Van Wheely, director of Natso Ropro. He cleared his throat. We love animals. By we, I mean vets, researchers, producers of pet food, including pet foodies, who are still our main sponsor. He looked intently into the camera. Scientists, animal caregivers. All of us are people who devote their lives to the well-being of our beloved rodents. He took a short break in order to take a deep breath. And anyone who accuses us of causing animal suffering is frankly out of their mind. At the Rodentia Conference, we will be presenting vital breakthroughs, such as a new medicine against osteodystostrophy. Do you know what that is, osteodystostrophy? He knelt down and pointed at Pookie. It's a disease that can kill these little cute guinea pigs, to me, that seems to be a whole lot more important than a funny video or a game of dress-up, but it seems Animal Revolution couldn't care less. He straightened himself. The camera followed him. The only thing they're doing is causing a stir to show how supposedly committed they are to the welfare of animals. But let me tell you this. He raised his voice. The effort they put into causing a riot, we would rather put into solving real problems. For months now, we have been preparing this conference, working ourselves to the bone to make it a success. Not just me, but Martine, Casper, and Katya, too. He felt his eyes burning and had to pause for a moment before he could continue his plea. But if we give these cynical ballers their way, there won't be a conference. And if there's no conference, it'll be the end of Natso Ropro. And that won't help anyone, especially not the animals. It would be a disgrace, unfair and mean. But right now the ballers have the winning hand. His voice caught. It sounded hoarse when he spoke again. And I have no more ideas about what I can do to turn the tide. He was out of breath as a result of his monologue, and the pounding headache returned. He let the microphone slide out of his hands. The journalist caught it just in time. That was Victor Van Wheely. He stopped listening, picked up Pookie's cage, and walked over to the taxi that drove up. When he got in and shut the door behind him, he saw Casper running onto the parking lot, waving his arms. Victor waved back as the taxi drove away. There was nothing more he could do. He lay his head on the cage and shut his eyes. <laughs>